Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about the books that got us hooked on reading. What was the book that you picked up, could not put down, and really changed the way you saw literature and stories? Most of us have to go back sometime in our lives to remember that, maybe when you were a teenager or in your early 20s, the the story or the book that you remember really opening up your mind to the idea of reading and reading in a different way. We're going to have two experts here to talk about their experience with that and to talk about literature generally. But of course, that segment is going to be fueled by you guys, the listeners. We're going to want to hear from you about the books that uh, you read as a kid or as an early adult that really changed the way you thought about literature and books. And so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. It'll get started about halfway through the show. But up front, it's Friday. And on Fridays around here, we try to bring in somebody who sees the world a little differently than I do to talk about the week's news and in that role this week is Nolan Finley, the editorial page editor of the Detroit News. Nolan, welcome back to Detroit Today. Yeah, uh, Nolan, what was the book that made you into a reader? What was the book that you remember the most sort of changing the way you thought about literature? In sixth grade, a teacher handed me the book Johnny Tremaine, said, read this, and I did. I've been reading every since. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Johnny mm-hmm. Tremaine, that's a good one. It is a good one. I don't I, uh, think a lot of people would uh, would share that one necessarily. I, I got to tell you, it was it fascinated me, and it was the first book I'd ever re- read of, of any consequence, yeah. and uh, I've stuck with it. Sixth grade, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. All right, see, there you go. That's It's a, it's a, it's one of those questions that uh, it's like a good party game or a good drinking game. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, what was your... Your favorite book. (laughs) That's right. All right. We are going to talk about the news. If you guys want to chime in about the news this week, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. We are going to talk about the president and his Twitter account. We'll talk about the Obamacare repeal vote being delayed in the Senate. We'll try to get to talk about a, a little bit about Line 5, uh, suggesting alternatives there. Uh, Attorney General says he's in favor of shutting it down to protect the Great Lakes. And uh, we may get to the idea of uh, legal fees. The Flint water crisis projected to hit $21 million. $21 million. I, I, I sort of suspect that um, the cost of the Flint water crisis is something that we're never going to really be able to put a final number on 10, 15 years from now, we're still going to be talking about spending money to fix what got broken there. But again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work your comments into into the conversation. Uh, Nolan, let's start with with the president and his uh, his never-ending Twitter thumb. Mm. Uh, yesterday, I think he got himself in a little more trouble than he's been in before with his really, really nasty personal attack on Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the ironies of this is people hold the media in such low esteem anyway uh, that I think you, you, you have to do something extraordinary 
to someone in the media for for the public mm. to feel like uh, you're out of line. Um, you know, most people think we get what we deserve, I think, in, in most instances. But here, uh, this was so personal and so yeah. oddly uh, vicious that that I think he may really have crossed a line here that uh, that well, makes some people think differently. And I don't think it it's it has anything to do with the subject of or of his attack. As you said, people don't like us, and then they have a lot of good reasons not to. In many cases, it's people have people understand that the a president ought to have a greater sense of decency and honor, and this was just over the top. Um, crude and rude and you know i think people do understand that presidents should behave differently and should have and you know should have a thicker skin and when they respond and i i don't think it's inappropriate for him to respond to the attacks he's he's getting from the the media but i think there are boundaries that he does he doesn't see um so you know People say he should stay off this Twitter feed, and I've said that myself because he doesn't know how to use it. But I think it could be a very powerful tool for him to respond to the the what he sees as disinformation and what he sees as attacks if he could keep it uh, appropriate. Yeah, and he has a lot of trouble. Well, it's impossible for for him to recognize what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. I also think we've got a lot of journalists, including Mika and Joe, yesterday morning. What what triggered this was there. Uh, very personal attacks on him. We have a lot of journalists out there who are responsible for bringing news to the people, and there are certain expectations of us. And I think journalists ought to stay off Twitter in terms of <laughs> expressing personal opinions about the 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 people they're covering, and in this case, the president. And I have seen people like Chuck Todd and Jake Tapper on Twitter just going off very personally on on Trump. I, I think that's playing his game and I think it hurts our credibility. Yeah, you know, I, I guess I disagree. I, I haven't seen I have not seen a journalist personally attack the president. And and so did you see what they tweeted yesterday morning? They said, "Yeah, this man is crazy. He's insane. He's well, ruining the country." If that's not a personal attack, but that's what a description. One? See, to me, that's a description of the behavior that we're seeing. This is someone mm, who no, seems it's, a, it's offering an opinion on the on the okay. behavior, not All a right. description. And I, you know, two weeks ago, I was following Chuck Todd's um, um, very angry tweets about the president. I said, well, "You've got to go on television a little bit and present <laughs> the like news." And you pretend to to have some objectivity here. I think we've lost our minds uh, in this war with the president, and we've taken his bait, and it hasn't served us all that well. Yeah, you know, I I, I do think that that there is there is a problem with the way that uh, that this president is being covered. I think a lot of that problem has to do with the president himself, of course, uh, as opposed to to media. But the, and and there, of course, there are always bad actors. But but Sarah Sanders, uh, the 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 person, the press person in the in the White House, yesterday, uh, tried to make that analogy too. Tried to say, well, you know, we're under attack all the time. And I kept thinking, well, you know, no one is saying, no one's talking about her her physical appearance. No one's talking about uh, how smart well, or stupid too. they think I mean, she is. That's happened to him. He's certainly Trump's physical person. Appearance has been attacked. His wife has been criticized. He's in his son and children. I mean, it's not, there's no clean hands here. And my, my issue is with, with the media is that we seem to have become so obsessed and, and it's become so personal 
that it's showing through in the work. And I think we've got to guard against that. Trump will be gone someday. But, you know, we have to maintain our credibility for the long term. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Nolan Finley, the editorial page editor of the Detroit News. It is Friday, and so we have someone in studio who sees things from a different vantage point than I do, someone who sits across maybe the political spectrum from me. Uh, we're talking about the week's news. We're just talking about the the president and his Twitter account, his rather vicious Use of Twitter yesterday, uh, attacking a correspondent for MSNBC, uh, Mika Brzezinski. Uh, we're going to talk more about uh, Obamacare, uh, the, the the vote that has been delayed in the Senate, and some other topics. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there. Or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work your comments into the conversation. You know, one of the things about the way he is using Twitter that I think is really interesting and, and goes beyond his own ham-handed or, or mm-hmm. self-defeating use of it is that it, it he is showing the way for future politicians. I mean, uh, this primarily the function of his Twitter account is direct uh, communication with his supporters. They, I think, feel like he is talking to them as individuals when he uses that. It is, is, to me, the most transformative uh, communication uh, tool that a president has used since uh, Roosevelt used the radio for his Mm -hmm. fireside chats, which really had the same effect. Everybody who was listening to that felt like he's talking to me and he's dealing with me. Uh, Twitter, Twitter is giving this president the same thing. He's misusing it. And I think he, he may end up undoing himself uh, through the use of that. But he also won the election, I think in large measure because people felt like this is a guy who is not just concerned about me and maybe will help me out. But he talks to me. He talks to me pretty yeah. regularly. That, and I think that, we'll see yeah. the next person who does it probably use it way more effectively than Donald Trump has. Well, at least differently. I mean, I think it's hard to argue that he hasn't been effective. As you said, it got, it got him to the White House. Um, I think that's the way we communicate today. And it was inevitable that a president would do it. It's sort of jarring to see that, you know, that sort of direct and very personal I mean, just to pick up your phone and the president's tweeting. I mean, we've put the president over the recent years on a pedestal and sort of, you know, this is not someone we have such direct access to. And, you know, you got a feeling you could just send him a tweet, you know. As a, and I think, as you said, that, that genie's out of the bottle. Uh, the next president and after that will we'll refine this. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see um, well, does it become skill. a real populist tool, right? Yeah, uh, the skill in manipulating the electorate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Chris in Ann Arbor. Chris, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Um, I just have to say, I think your guest is uh, either mischaracterizing or lying about what journalists are saying on Twitter. I'm looking at Chuck Todd's Twitter feed. The only two things he said were anyone with a child under 18 has to be asking themselves, how do I explain the president's actions, especially since he faces no consequences? 
And he retweeted another tweet that says, George Washington wrote John Adams in 1789 <laughs> that a president of the United States must maintain the dignity of the office. I don't see how any of that is personal or attacking or making nasty comments about the president or his appearance, as your guest has claimed. Yeah, so I, I think the journalists are being objective about this. And, you know, we need to see that the emperor has no clothes here. Yeah, those were the two latest tweets. I saw those, too. I was talking about a couple of weeks and weekends ago, and I was um, following tweet after tweet that he was popping up critical of the president. And, uh, you know, I come from the school where journalists, if particularly if you're not a commentator, you keep your opinions to yourself. And any measure of opinion, I think, expressed about the subject or the person you're covering is inappropriate. But uh, So, but Chuck Todd falls into a very interesting category there. Yeah, he's a reporter, but, you know, he, he manages a Sunday morning show where mm-hmm. I think he falls into a little bit of a limbo in, in between straight news and analysis, at least, if not... That's different. Uh, if not outright opinion. And, and you, again, you're dealing with something so extraordinary. Doesn't someone like Trump, uh, Chuck Todd have an obligation to sort of call out the the extraordinary nature of what we're seeing? I think the voters, I think the readers can, can gauge the extraordinary nature of what we're seeing if he simply gave them the facts, the facts themselves speak to the extraordinary nature. I think he's got an obligation to his profession and the principles um, of it, as we all do. I yeah. think, you know, you, you've covered politicians. Steve, would you be comfortable uh, as a reporter going on Twitter or going on another format and expressing your opinion about the people you cover? I mean, no, I mean, when I was a reporter, going? you weren't, you, you, you didn't do that. I mean, you, you uh, there was no question. Of course, now I'm a, an opinionator. So well, yeah, I do it all that's the time. different. And I think that's harder for, it's getting harder for readers and listeners to make that distinction. I mean, I'm a, a commentator as well, but I spent a lot of years in the newsroom and a lot of years as a reporter. And I made it a point for people not to know my views. Stay out of the stay out of the fray, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phones here. Lillian in Detroit. Lillian, welcome to Detroit today. Yes. Good morning. Hi. Can you turn on your radio for us, Lillian? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, that's better. Thanks. <laughs> All right. I'm so glad that I've had an opportunity to come in on this great media. Um, you were discussing the uh, the various ways that the uh, president is responding to some of these things, but you must remember this this gentleman is seventy years old. And he's been going into a, a, a certain pattern, going his way in a certain pattern. It takes time for him to to change his reflexes, you know? Yeah. No, <laughs> I th- And I would like to say this about your uh, uh, journalists. Uh-huh. Sometimes they also have a little fault in putting their little personal outlook on things like they did on this um uh, uh, affordable health care thing. Someone come up with Obamacare and it stuck. And it tweaked a lot of people who didn't <laughs> want to see Obama into anything. And so now they have to they have to really think about making all these reforms. Is it going to be Trump care? Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to call it Trump care, Lillian. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure 
not sure that the the political circumstances and the cultural environment is quite the same as it was back in uh, in 2010 uh, or 20, 2009 when we passed uh, health care. So uh, we'll have to wait and see how that how that turns out. But Lillian, Lillian, thanks very much for the call. Ross in Clarkston, you're up next. Welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, my only comment is that there, there's not a whole lot about Donald Trump that I care for. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that a lot of the country feels that much the same way. But where I truly have to tip my cap is that Donald Trump is going to make us be nicer to each other. Because nobody wants to deal with this kind of this kind of this kind of muck. So if, if there's a silver lining, and I clearly don't mean to be Pollyanna-ish about the whole thing, but um, not nobody nobody kind of supports this stuff because it's it's so nutty. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'll get out of your ear. Yeah. Thanks no, for taking my call. Thanks, thanks, Ross. I, I I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, if anything. The fact that the president is behaving this way may be encouraging other people to sort of drop the the, the pretense of civility. Uh, I mean, I think I've yeah. seen much worse behavior on social media for sure mm. since uh, since uh, since Trump won and and has been president. And I, you know, I guess I'm I'm worried about the state of dialogue rather than optimistic about it. But uh, uh, I appreciate that uh, call. Let's go to Barbara in Canton. Barbara, Hi. welcome. Yeah. Hey, go ahead. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Uh-huh. I wanted to bring up the fact that I'm a scientist, but I was trained as a journalist and functioned that way for a long time. Like your guest, I was trained that you do not put your opinion in anything. Uh-huh. And where we've come, not just with this president, but I think in almost all topics, is we're not just a, giving an objective viewpoint of the news whether it's about somebody who robbed a bank or, you know, the kid down the street, we give our opinion on what is happening. And instead of going to key sources for information and have them present on news or in news articles or even an NPR, which drives me crazy because it's my favorite point of reference, <laughs> we don't talk to professors or researchers or mm. the politicians themselves. We talk to other journalists. Yeah. So we're giving our own opinions and we're feeding mm. ourselves. <sighs> That's Instead a great factual basis. Yeah, that's a really great observation, uh, Barbara. And I and I think if you watch cable news in particular, that's what you see. You see these giant uh, panels and roundtables now, where first of all, there's no distinction being made between the people who are journalists and the people who are not. Uh, and and you're right, there aren't primary sources there to be able to inform the conversation. It's journalists talking to other journalists, journalists talking to. Uh, other opinionators and uh, and the, you know all of the lines get blurred and I think uh, viewers and listeners get confused by some of that stuff uh, and she's right this is not it's not a function of Donald Trump that's just a function of how the media have changed over the last uh, over the last twenty hmm. years all right uh, let's take one more call here uh, Charlie in Detroit Charlie welcome to Detroit today. I, I guess I wanted to ask you and, and Nolan, um, it seems to me that, you know, with the advent of social media, the Internet, um, I kind of seems that, you know, journalistic standards have been somewhat eroded. And, you know, Trump plays the media masterfully. He basically bangs them and then they go nuts, you know, <laughs> fighting back just like he does. And yeah. it's, it's almost like politics has become like sports. 
you know, you have these panels uh, sitting around talking about it, and, you know, it's just like it seems like we're driving ourselves down in terms of a society. There used to be civic spot in school and, you know, decorum, and it just seems like it's all going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I agree that, uh, that people are overreacting often to what uh, – to what the, the 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 president is doing in this case, though, I'm not sure. Um, uh, I'm not sure that that both sides didn't didn't get played here. I mean, I think uh, the president kind of got played by Morning Joe trolling him on the show, and then he did what he did, and then they sort of go back and forth. But uh, but, but Steve, it's become like one of the 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 quickest ways to get uh, for your star to rise is to get in one of these squats get in with, a fight the, with, the, with, the, with the president. I mean, you look at uh, Joe and Mika have been everywhere the last two days, you know, and so people who, you know, were well-known, but they certainly weren't among the top uh, tier of, of their profession in terms of, of notoriety are suddenly household names. Yeah. So, it, you know, that, I think there is some using of each other. Uh, all right. Uh, we didn't get to talk about Obamacare, the Obamacare repeal, the fact that that vote has been delayed. But I'm going to ask you to make a prediction. Do you think this bill that they're debating in the Senate right now will come up for a vote? I don't think any bill will. I think um, Republicans, you know, are as divided uh, among themselves as they are with the Democratic with the Democratic Party. I just don't. I just don't see them coming together on any sort of solution that could appease the broad range of, of the Republican caucus. And you don't think that one of the things at play here is the idea of getting them to vote on a bill that they know won't pass, and which, which would no. accomplish two things. It would allow those people who have been talking about repealing Obamacare for six years to be able to go home next year and say, I did that. I voted. I voted to try to, try to do that. It would also preserve... Those moderate Republicans who are saying, "Look, I can't do something this this nutty," uh, would preserve their ability to say, "Hey, look, I stood in the way of that. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't Mitch McConnell want his he, caucus to have it?" He's not going to subject himself to an embarrassing defeat, and I think that dynamic would work if there was a, a were a Democratic um, factor here. These are Republicans blocking each other. I don't think that mm-hmm. sells as well when you take it home. I I don't think it'll come to a vote. I don't think they'll get any sort of meaningful deal. And then the question becomes, what do we do? Because, well, because you know, this not, is not, this thing's coming apart. You have insurance or insurance companies bailing out. You have premiums just going through the roof. People are going to lose their insurance no matter what happens here. If we don't do something. If we don't do something. And, and I don't know what we're capable of doing now. Yeah. Okay. As always, Nolan Finley. Always good to have you here on good to be with today. You. We'll have you back soon to follow up on your prediction about that uh, bill that's in the Senate. Hope I'm wrong. Yeah. All right. Next, we're going to talk about books and what we want to hear from you. What is the book that transformed you as a reader? The book that made you love reading in a new way. I want to hear from you. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back on Detroit Today.